Hey, hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. And welcome to a great new episode of Beyond Eight Figures. How's everyone doing? Today, I get to interview a very special guest for you all. He defines his mission as helping busy online entrepreneurs get more done while working for less. And he really knows what he's talking about. In his last appearance on the show, he shared with us his journey of creating FreeUp.net. Since then, he's actually, he and his partner have sold it. And he used this experience plus all of his knowledge of how to delegate work and hire the right people to scale businesses to create a new company, Outsource School. He started this right before COVID hit, so really in a great position, great time. And we talk a little bit about how the preparation gave them this opportunity that happened with it. Not that COVID was great, but for certain businesses, we all know had a great advantage. Now, the other thing I have to say about Outsource, I actually am a member of it. I use the program. I love the weekly updates. They're you know, ongoing additions to the course material and their playbooks, as they call it, is amazing. So I cannot say enough about this. So I may be a little um, biased here. But let's give a warm welcome to entrepreneur, educator, and expert in remote hiring, Nathan Hirsch. Hello, Nathan. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's good to be back. Well, tell you what, um, last time you were on the show, you were just, I guess it was right before you sold your last business. Do you want to maybe bring us up to date, you know, the sale and then starting of outs- Outsource School? Yeah, so I think last time I was on, I was talking about FreeUp. We're probably in year three or four of FreeUp. I mean, we we started FreeUp in 2016 with a $5,000 investment, uh, creating a marketplace that was a competitor to Upwork and Fiverr. And um, we thought it was a lot more hands-on and more of a, a white glove service. And we scaled that to, to $12 million in, in 2019. We were acquired at the end of the year, um, which was kind of cool going through my, my first transition and definitely changed a lot, both on the, the business side and the financial side, but also my, my life side as well. I, I bought a second home in Colorado. I'm, I'm living there now. You can see I, yeah. I haven't exactly bought curtains for this room yet. So the, the lighting in here is a, a little weird, but uh, yeah, I mean, life's good. And obviously there was a pandemic in the middle. So kind of dealing with that in the same way that, that everyone else is. And since we sold free up, uh, my business partner, Connor and I decided to keep working together. And we started a company called Outsource School, where we teach people all of our secrets, tips, processes, systems yeah. around hiring virtual assistants. So they get a huge competitive advantage over anyone else in their market who, who isn't hiring VAs on the same level. We started a software company called Simply SOP, which is a tool for creating standard operating procedures, processes for your remote virtual teams. And then on the the other side of it, we started HG Ventures, which is a company where we go in um, to other digital businesses that are already profitable, already generating revenue, 
come in for a minority stake and help them scale, help build their team, help build their marketing process, build, uh, take everything that we, we've learned from the past 10 plus years and uh, help them take it to the next level. So those are kind of the, the three things that, that we've been focused on uh, since the sale. Now, very good timing with, you know, as most of the world has joined us, you know, location independent folks over the past year, you guys, you guys hit it right, the good timing um, on getting outsourced school, you know, out there for it. Was this in process before everything and then it just sort of hit the timing or how did this happen with the timing? Yeah, nothing was in place before we sold FreeUp. I mean, even when we were going through yeah. the, the sale of FreeUp, we didn't actually know the deal was going to go through until we signed the documents. We were kind of in the uh, we were in the mentality that until it's finalized, we need to act like the sale is going to fall through and stay focused on FreeUp. And I think it was a testament to, to Connor and I doing that. Um, our, the last month we owned FreeUp, which was October 2019, we had our best month ever in the four years there. So we were 100% focused on free up until the yes. moment that, that we sold it. Uh, when we did sell it, it was right before the holidays. So we took some time off, spent it with our families. This was pre-COVID. So we were able to, to travel and, and all the stuff there. And then come January, we, we talked about it. We said, hey, do we still want to work together? Are we sick of each other? What do we want to do from here? And luckily he wasn't sick of me and vice versa. And we started doing research on what we want to do next. Do we want to invest in businesses? Do we want to go into real estate? Do we want to start another startup? Do we want to partner with someone else on their idea? Did we want to take a year off and travel? Again, this was pre-COVID. So we talked about it and we kind of kept our options open. We started reading books and listening to podcasts and seeing what options were out there. And meanwhile, people started reaching out to us, people who had seen us over the four years, seen us build a team, interacted with our team, saw us get acquired, they want to know if we could teach them our systems, our processes. So we kind of created a, a minimum viable product of Outsource School, uh, where we taught people our interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing process. And we took it to market. We didn't know what the reaction was going to be, if people would like it or, or hate it. And COVID ended up hitting right when we were about to launch. We launched at the end of March, right when Tom yeah. Hanks got coronavirus, the uh, same week. And luckily people liked it. And then we, we started building on it and adding to it where now it's a membership where we've got lots of cheat sheets and trainings and we come out with new stuff every month. We've got a, an active Facebook group. We do live coaching, all helping people hire rockstar VAs and keep them around and, and hire them for roles inside their business. And once we kind of got that off the ground and hired a team there, um, we started experimenting with, with what else we could do. And that's when the idea of Simply SOP and, and HG Ventures came about. Yeah, I think that is really cool. You you, know, you rolled some craps walking into the casino, that's for sure on that. <laughs> Coming into it, I mean, January, yeah, and then launching in March, did your target customer or the customers who actually were buying, were you surprised at who they ended up being? Because I hear stories all the time of people I know who were focusing on folks like us. Oh, I had this business about how to be better location remote. And then all of a sudden, large companies were coming to them and they were like, uh, we don't know how to work with you. So were you surprised with the type of customers you ended up getting in the school? 
Yeah, yes or no. I mean, we we knew the digital product space. A lot of people knew me from the e-commerce space and the marketing yeah. space, which is probably the majority of people we got. Every once in a while, you're surprised. I mean, we have brick and mortar stores that are part of our community, or you'll go on a, a podcast. Like I was on a, a credit repair podcast, and all of a sudden, we started getting lots of, of credit repair companies um, joining outsource school. So there's been some random stuff like that that are maybe outside of what I expected. But I, I think the majority of our, our members are in the digital space. They're e-commerce sellers, they're marketing agencies, they're coaches, they're consultants, they're, they're running a SaaS. Like those, those are mostly our ideal clients. What I liked when I was going, you know, when I was going through your properties and looking at it was I've seen, you know, not quite, I think, as structured or as at least well-structured, but there are quite a few VA, how to use VAs, that sort of spit of that. But you really talk about bringing them into your comp into your specific company. You talk about onboarding your VA. You talk about making them part of the process. Would you like to kind of walk us through? You know, I could give you an example of like my company, or would you like to maybe walk us through? You know, what you look for for your customers, how to help them go through in this. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a very unique hiring process. It's something that took us five plus years to master, but we're, we're also focused on valuing people's time as well. Like, yeah, you could go interview every VA for four hours, but that, the average entrepreneur doesn't have time to do that. So everything that, that we've built is designed to, to not only do it well and at a high level, but also do it in the fastest way possible. So we have four parts of our hiring process interviewing, onboarding, training, and managing. And so with the interview process, that's a 20 to 30 minute interview on Slack, no Zoom, no video. For onboarding, 20 to 30 minute meeting on Slack. For training, um, we use Simply SOP, our software, which saves a lot of time, yeah. um, but we also have a lot of other uh, tactics to train VAs faster, but also to, to catch a VA who's not getting it early on so that you don't spend two months training them only to realize that they can't do the job. And then with managing, there's so many parts of management, whether it's weekly meetings, whether it's firing a VA, whether it's dealing with issues and every single part of managing, we break down into very quick step by step. So our meetings with all our VAs are short and they're consistent. If we have to fire a VA, we give our members a checklist. Let's, hey, do these steps, let yeah. the team know, move on. So everything is designed to be systemized and quick. And those are things that you can input into any single business out there. Really nice. So you have, as the membership, you have all these, you know, step-by-step -step processes. You have your own SOPs that can be easily integrated into the companies. Do you walk through, um, so if I were coming on board, do you kind of like start here and then branch out degree of difficulty of how to do this? <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, every member is starting at a different place, right? We yeah. have some new entrepreneurs hiring their first VA who have never even talked to a VA before. You've got, we've got eight figure entrepreneurs in there who have multiple companies and remote teams and, and everything in the middle. So what we do is you get access to everything once you join, uh, but we also have a, a, an accountability call or an onboarding call once you join where we'll talk to you or talk to your project manager or whoever it is and, and come up with a game plan to, to go through our trainings, our cheat sheets, and something that, that makes sense to you. I mean, one of the cool things about joining Outsource School is, yeah, you get our interview onboarding training managing process, 
but you also get specific trainings and systems on how to hire a VA for lead gen or for sales calls or for customer service or bookkeeping. And how you do it for each role is a little bit different. And there's different processes you have to be in place. So if someone already has a team, but their bookkeeping is a mess, they'll start on bookkeeping. We'll help them implement that before they go to the next thing. And same thing, maybe they're trying to go on more podcasts or if they're trying to hire their first VA, we make sure that they focus their time on the interviewing and onboarding process since that's really step one. So although you get access to everything, uh, we do create a custom roadmap for each member. And I like that a lot because what I've seen a lot is like, people who focus on the ability to bring you talent um, or find you talent. But, but using them, I always find there, there's so many different pathways. And a lot of times what I like to say is I like to basically steal something and then make it mine. So like, I just want to make sure that whatever, you know, I, whoever I hire, whatever role I'm putting together, 60% of it works. And then we can figure things out. So I was really reading and as someone who just bought a podcast here, if I can take your process about getting on the podcast, but then switch it to go get, take it with your sales process and make it so we can go get more guests. It's like, wow, that would save me a lot of work. So that I found really cool. Yeah. And like you said, everything can be tweaked. So we do have a lot of people who use our podcast outreach formula, which is designed for VA to get you on podcast, but flip it and and use it to get guests. Or we lead generation, for example, we have a lead generation formula. Well, lead generation could be a lot of different things. You could be going after clients, you could be going after partners, you could be going after influencers, you could be going after anything random, but the same process still applies. And the same systems and the same cheat sheets, it all goes in there, even though you tweak it. And that's kind of what we found is we try to stay away from like, this is how you run a clubhouse room with a VA, like, like super specific like that. And more about, Hey, here's how you create a bookkeeping process with a VA. Sure. If you're in the UK, you might have different books. And if you're in the U S but the yeah. same processes to get a VA to do it is the same. I liked it because it kept reminding me as I was looking at it. Are you fam- how familiar are you with EOS? Yeah, I know yeah, EOS decently well. I think I have some of their books back here. Yeah, I know. I've been looking at like, I have that one. I have that one. They're really cool. What I found interesting, though, is like as people talk about, all right, the rocks you know, or your core objectives, you know, if you want to take it out of it. But you really focus on that next step underneath. Here are the pieces that are going to help you create all the different parts of your processes that move then towards your bigger goals. So that's a really interesting position you guys have. Oh, also, um, since we had talked quickly before the show, everyone just check out the show notes and we'll make sure we include in the thing. There's an offer for outsourceschool.com um, to go join and check out some of the material. So I really want to make sure everyone, you know, you can wait to the end of the show, but if you want to put us in pause and go check, it's down there in the show notes. So let's jump onto the process because this is, this is something neat because I've played around with Process Street and other ones. How do you see this process software that you guys, you know, fitting into this now? 
Yeah. So, I mean, a quick background and I, and I talk to other entrepreneurs, it seems to be the same way. Like with your SOPs, you have them on Google docs, you have them on Venmo or Venmo. Um, and, and, yeah. yeah, exactly. And they're, they're kind of scattered around. And when we sold free up, I mean, we were handing over 50 pages of Google docs saying like, Hey, here's our customer service SOP. Here's our billing SOP Here's our marketing SOP. So when we sold free up and, and we kind of reflected, we were like, hey, it'd be great if we just had a tool that had all our SOPs in it, but also allowed for video because video SOPs are great. A lot of mm -hmm. VAs learn very quickly from video, mm -hmm. but they get outdated very, very quickly. And then you have to hire a video editor. You have to refilm them. So we've kind of created Simply SOP where, yeah, you can do text, but you can also create videos that market step by step. And you, this way you can sub in and out steps very, very easily in the software. You give your remote team access. You can remove access. You can connect your partners, all of that stuff. So when we did our research, a lot of the other SOP softwares out there do a lot with workflow or um, more like project management, task management. We just wanted to create the simplest tool out there for creating and managing and sharing standard operating procedures with your virtual team. And that's kind of the way that we built Simply SOP to, to do. You can connect it with Slack. You can connect it with Trello or Asana, but we're not trying to, to do what they do. We're trying to just focus on SOPs. And, and that's really what nice. we've been working on in the past six or months or so. And if you join Outsource School, you um, get Simply SOP included, or you can get it separately if you go to simplysop.com. Yeah, I noticed the annual has it all bundled in, so that's cool. Because I'll probably be doing this right after. Um, you'll have one more customer definitely from this. It's cool. Now, in taking these things, what I found very interesting is you're using this, you're leveraging all these things you're putting together with processes, with hiring VAs, with the SOP software into your venture efforts. And the way you're going about it is really interesting. It's sort of a performance-based effort as a venture, bringing your capabilities to it. Maybe talk about why you're looking at kind of using that as your way of investing into businesses. Yeah. So you're talking about HG Ventures, which is yeah. Connor, a business partner and I, I mean, we, we've acquired minority ownership in a few different companies now, and we're, we're looking to add to that. Um, but I mean, the way you have to remember the way that Connor and I run businesses is very unique. I mean, we have no office, no overhead. We hire 99% virtual assistants, mm -hmm. um, but we also don't start the business with a lot of money. We, we started three companies now with $5,000 or less and with that, we've never been one to make huge investments or, or take huge risks in the yeah. sense of like for simply SOP, we don't dump 100K into a software, build it, and then take it to market. We put a few thousand dollars into software, minimum viable product, and then take it to market and then use the revenue to, to build it from there. So for us, when we're looking at people to partner with, we're looking for other people who are running very lean companies, who have done the, gone through the minimal viable product, who have established something, but don't necessarily need the, the cash. I mean, if, if someone's looking for 250K to, to get their idea off the ground, like we're probably not the, the right people. We've also never really done that before. We have no experience uh, taking yeah. that sum of money and, and creating like a, a concept before taking it to market. So we wanna stick within our comfort zone and we also know that, that we have a lot that, that we can add, whether it's building remote teams, whether it's marketing efforts, systematizing processes, uh, building a business to be sellable. It's something we've done in, in all our businesses, and it kind of gives you the option to sell it if you want to. So we're looking for entrepreneurs that are doing 
30K plus a month in, in profit um, where, where we can come in for a minority ownership somewhere in that 10 to 30% range where we're not going to be on the org chart. We're not going to yeah. take call, client calls or, or if someone doesn't show up for work, like you're not reporting it to us. Um, but we are there on a strategic level mm-hmm. and we are there to help you make good hires and get those systems and processes into place. And we kind of have a, a system that we put you through to, to get your books in order, to go through your team, to go through your systems and your tech and, and set the, the yearly goals and quarterly goals and break them down. And we kind of run all our businesses very, very similar. And we want to take other businesses and help them plug into that process and really support the owner in that way. So that, that's really what, what we're looking for. And if anyone's interested in that or wants the application for that, or, or we have an FAQ, uh, find me on social media, Nathan Hirsch, and, and just reach out. Yeah, I'll make sure everything is in, you know, down below. Now, what I really like about this is as someone who's been on this entrepreneur journey, to call it nicely, up and down all over the place, I've sold a few businesses. I find, and then now interviewing and talking and, you know, as a marketing person, having talked to a lot of entrepreneurs with their businesses, most of us especially when you get past that like half a million net close to your 30, you know, to your 30 net all, you know, we are so focused just on this concept of getting the business moving, of growing it, of getting it going, that it's only later on that we start seeing the benefit of putting in the structures and processes you, you know, you bring to the table. And as someone who's, succeeded by failing or succeeded on the way down, you know, but after the fact, cause it never felt like it when you have something that's worth like 9 million, but you end up selling for three because you have to go on the way down <laughs> to catch it. If I had implemented some of the processes just from your site, some of the even basic ones, I would have been saved a hell of a lot of pain and a lot of sleepless nights. So I can see very much the value of, Coming in on the way up, people like yourselves who've been, yeah, you've gone through the process. So you're able to go like, it's crazy. It's okay. (laughs) So, you know, can you talk about like that where, you know, where someone should start thinking about you? I know 30,000 in net, but like what's going on in their lives that then all of a sudden you come in and really make this a better world for them? Yeah. I mean, I was talking to an entrepreneur yesterday who's making pretty good money in his business, but he's also working 12 to 14 hours every single day. Um, he, a lot of his the processes are in his head. Um, his books could, could be a lot better. And it seems like he's spending a lot of time on the hiring and the turnover and the stuff like that. I mean, the truth is what separates a lot of great businesses from uh, not so great businesses is just good hire and then maintaining talent. I mean, turnover crushes business businesses, having people that you can't trust, that you can't rely on crushes businesses. And I mean, yes, part of how we come in is on the hiring side and helping set up the right teams and systems. And that's step one. Um, But we also have a good amount of experience on the marketing side. I mean, we scaled free up from a $5,000 investment to doing $12 million a year. We had good teams, but we also had very good marketing systems um, and process as well. So I think every business is a little bit different uh, where they are and, and what they want to accomplish. We find that, that some businesses have gotten to a certain level, but then they've kind of plateaued or stuck or the owner got to this point from hustling and working really hard, but now they're at 14 hours a day and it's tough yeah. to work to work more than that. Um, or they're just missing key 
people, a strategy in place where when a bottleneck comes up, it, it takes them a long time to get through it, where we can come in with our expertise and get through it with the, in a much shorter period of time. So it's not necessarily a blanket statement. I mean, we're, we're looking for that entrepreneur who wants to take it to the next level, wants to have someone in their back pocket that has the experience. And we're looking for win-win. We're looking for something that is obviously worth our time, but but also is good for the entrepreneur. Um, and, and we have different ways to structure it. So if you're not happy with us or we're not happy with you, um, you can opt out of it and vice versa. We're, we're not interested in taking someone's business hostage or, or anything like that. We want to find a, a good partner that, that can create an opportunity where both of us benefit and work together for, for years to come. Now, I like that. I In my past, and on and off, I've done work on a performance basis, but you've taken it to that next level. And when done right, the margin is very complimentary. It's a higher margin for you, but you're also creating you know, higher value in exchange for that. And that's a nice step up from the school, you know, from outsource school, that step of like, okay, this is your training ground. <laughs> You guys get to be involved and actually, you know, help people take that step and probably be part of your lead gen for this type of effort. Yeah, and there's quick wins in there too. I mean, we have, we have a company that we're working with now that um, the, the owner was just spending a lot of time doing bookkeeping every single month and trying to understand the numbers. Well, we got them a bookkeeping virtual assistant. We set it up so at the end of every month, they get a monthly report the same way that we've done it in all of our businesses. We go through the yeah. monthly report together. We talk about each line item, help make decisions based on what the actual numbers are. And it's one less thing the owner has to deal with that's just taken off their plate within the first week or so of working with us. And once we do that, now we can focus on, on the next thing. And so there's, there's a lot of small wins in there to, to help get the owner's time back to focus on big picture initiatives. One of the things I really like about how you go about promoting it is your use. And I think, you know, from going over the past show, you use some free up is your use of, the, of affiliate marketing, you know, partnerships there. Would you walk us through what you see the value and sort of who you're looking for? as affiliates? Yeah, I mean, affiliates, partnerships, influencers, I mean, that, that's really how we, we grew free up. I mean, we came from the Amazon space where uh, Amazon gets you all your customers, right? So we pay yeah. Amazon their 15%, they get us the customers. And so when we started with free up, we didn't really know anything about marketing. I mean, we had to get our own, build our own brand, get our own customers. And so we did a lot of research. We did a lot of trial and error and we, we came up with processes that, that work with virtual assistants running it. So, I mean, doing content swaps with other communities, communities that have the same ideal customer as ours. We, we talked a lot about the digital customers, um, the e-commerce sellers, the marketing agencies, the coaches, the consultants, and our community is very similar. So getting in front of our community and getting us in front of their community and, and looking for win-wins, there, there's lots of different ways to, to market a business. I mean, I would say the, the entrepreneurs that are like us, that, that run lean businesses, that are um, going out there with the minimum viable product, probably aren't dropping 20K their first month on Facebook ads. So if you're not going to spend lots of money on ads to right away, you have to look for other ways to promote your, your company. And whether it's getting in front of podcasts or speaking at a conference or partnering with someone else that has a community, you, you have to be able to get in front of other people's audiences, especially in that first year, to, to not only get your product off the ground, but also to, to test your minimum viable product and see what tweaks and changes you have to make before you invest money in ads. 
Something that I found really interesting from the last time you were on the show, you talked about being a um, short-term thinking entrepreneur. <laughs> you started laughing the moment I started saying that. <laughs> so, yeah. So <laughs> the way that I'm a short-term entrepreneur is I, I'm still very focused on the long-term and I have long-term goals mm-hmm. and I don't do anything short-term to jeopardize the long-term. For me, it's more about quick action steps. Like this week, it's a Monday morning when we're filming this, I woke up and I went through and I said, okay, what do I have to do for outsource school this week? What do I have to do for HG Ventures this week? Simply SOP this week? Like what what are the core things that have come when Friday afternoon rolls around, if I've checked all these boxes, I've put us in a very good spot to go into the next week. And I, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who, and my business partner Connor was like this long ago when I first met him. Um, and we both obviously improved a lot as entrepreneurs where you're so focused on these huge goals and, and, and big things that are going on way down the line, but you don't focus on what do I actually have to do today? And, and one of the things that I do every day is I like to, to wake up early. I, I'm in Colorado now, but I actually work on Eastern time. So I like nice. get, getting on early before everyone else is online and, and cranking out whatever my most important thing is that day. And I, I almost do the same thing in my personal life. Like I had some yard work to do this weekend. I got up. The first thing I did was the thing that I didn't want to do and just get it out of the way. And then you kind of have the rest of the day to, to enjoy or, or in business's case, work on other projects or, or more long-term projects. Yeah. But if you get the most important thing done every day, right when you wake up, that that's more than what a lot of entrepreneurs do. And that consistency can lead to some big long-term results over time. Very cool. Now, where did this come from? Because I, I know for myself, I've picked up habits, both good and bad, but from, you know, process and workload in response to where my businesses have been. You know, I always say it's like, well, you know, as your business grows, it's not that it gets easier. It just gets more interesting that you're, you know, you're no longer losing sleep to, you know, payroll and survival. You're losing sleep to more existential. But where did this type of focus come from, from your, you know, being an entrepreneur? Where did, how, when did you start focusing on this? It's weird. I, so it's kind of my personality. I'm, I don't know if it's ADD or whatever, but I'm not very good at working like eight straight hours on a particular thing. It's one of the reasons why I really didn't want to get a real job to begin with. Like that, yes. that just sounds awful to me. So even when, if you go back to college, I mean, if I had a big project, I was never one to like wait till the last minute. I would just slowly chip away at it, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day. And then it eventually just gets done. And I'm kind of the same way in business. If I have a big project, I'm not working on it all day on a Wednesday. I'm, I'm chipping away at it a little bit each day and then it eventually gets done. And there, that's just more of how I enjoy working and I've found is more productive. And I also think it gives you a big chance to, to kind of think about things differently on different days. I might do a little bit on Monday, a little bit on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, I review the things that I did already and come up with a new idea to, to make it better. So yeah. I think it's more of a personality thing than anything else. Okay. Given that it's a presenting, have you, has the process become more structured? You know, I'm just going to dig a little bit deeper in here because you have a very, you know, the way you articulated it was very good and very interesting and something, you know, I think we all as entrepreneurs should think more about, I always use the Mark Twain, eating our frogs first thing in the morning, <laughs> but well thought out. And, you know, I want to push on it because as an entrepreneur, I don't think many of us get that 
process in place until much later in our journey. Did you use it and then you found it worked and it kind of snowballed or? Yeah. Yeah. Everything evolves over time, right? When I was in college running this Amazon business, I wasn't waking up at 7 a.m. and and getting stuff done early. You you slowly adjust things and you evolve and you get feedback from people, feedback from your team, from your business partner. Mm -hmm. Connor and I have pushed each other to become better entrepreneurs over the years. And so I, I, yeah, every, everything gets tweaked even year to year. I mean, last year was a, a big year of just figuring stuff out. Like, what do I even want to do after this this acquisition? And, and this year, I've, I'm a lot more focused. I, I've kind of tried different things and I, I have a much better concept of it. And even the, the free up years, again, we, we didn't know how to market. So there were certain things like mm-hmm. figuring out, hey, how many podcasts should I go on a week? Uh, there are certain things you, you kind of, uh, you figure out, but then you just see what you like, what you don't like, what works, what doesn't, and and you slowly tweak your routine and your habits over time. How do you look at success? What is, what is success to you? Yeah, to me, it's about freedom. So being able to do anything you want, whenever you want. I mean, it's something, again, going back to why I didn't want to get a real job to begin with. Uh, I I don't work very well under authority or under people telling me what to do or when to do it. Um, But then also helping other people. I mean, when we sold FreeUp, we we took $500,000 from the sale. We gave it to our internal team in the Philippines, hopefully made a a big difference in their lives, made sure their jobs were secure and they weren't going to lose out on their bonuses or their raises or anything that we didn't put in place and making sure that the the new owners that we were selling it to were going to take good care of them and we're good people with the same values, but not just about how much money can we get. So I think one of the things that's kind of changed is at the beginning, since I I, I kind of grew up in a, not a poor family, but my parents were teachers. We were kind of middle-class but I went to school with a lot of people who had a lot more than I did. And so that, that, that always wanting more, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs have. Um, but once you get something, realizing that, hey, getting all this success by yourself isn't that much fun. You want to make sure that other people get to the top with you and experience a, some of the success for the, the hard work um, that they put in. So to me, the, 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 it comes down to, yes, you, you need to obviously be able to take care of yourself because it's hard to help other people if, if you're financially in debt or, or whatever it is, but also making sure that when you do have that success or you have the opportunity where it's a project like free up, you can have other people contribute that they get to the top with you. Well, that does remind me in kind of helping people up as part of outsource school in the pricing offers you have, you bake in a donation. Can you talk about your efforts there? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of great relationships with people in the Philippines. And I think that I mean, if you're listening right now in the UK or US and you think that COVID is bad for you, imagine what it's like in a third world country that hasn't even started getting vaccinations yet, where they're probably not ordering Uber Eats and and, and the finances are, are limited. So even before that, I mean, we we love giving back to the VA community. One of the, the coolest things about Free Up was paying out millions of dollars every year to VAs around the world and people showing me their houses and their cars and things they were able to buy with that money and provide for their family. So when we sold free up and it was definitely hard to, to say bye to a lot of people that, that we'd worked with for years, we wanted to, to stay apart and continue to, to give back to it. And 
you can talk for hours about, yes, Connor and I worked very hard and, and yes, there were failures we overcame and lessons and all of that. But at the same time, there's a luck element involved. I mean, we were born in the US, like right there, that's an advantage over a lot of people out there. Um, I had very supporting parents who made sure I had meals every day. So there, there's a lot of things that, that I think you take for granted, especially when, when you're younger. And we, we always, we want any business that we start going forward to, to have an effort that, that gives back. And so we put partnered with Teach for the Philippines, which is one of our favorite charities. 3% of all outsource school sales goes to them, helps provide education for, for children in the Philippines that, that wouldn't otherwise get it. And uh, we're super appreciative to the people who have joined outsource school and have helped us contribute a lot to that cause. No, it's a great cause. And I was very impressed in seeing that because I've seen you know, other efforts and sometimes a little like the 1%, but you guys, it really bakes into who you are. What's something you're seeing right now? I mean, since you hit, you hit a trend right before it became a huge thing with, you know, outsource school. What's something you're seeing now that you really are looking forward to be more involved in? So one funny thing that's out now is Clubhouse and everyone's like yes. all about Clubhouse. For for me, like I'm kind of treating Clubhouse like a podcast. Like I only want to show up if there's a scheduled date and time. Uh, and, and I think that a lot of people disagree with me here. But for me, I'm kind of at the point of my entrepreneurial journey that I only want to run businesses that don't rely 100% on me. Like if I stop doing podcasts for two weeks, sales aren't going to plummet. Like if I, if I don't go on clubhouse, like my business still runs because I'm running ads. Like th those are kind of what I'm focused on. So I'm trying to take the, the long-term picture of it. Like, yeah, sure. Could I go on clubhouse for the next week and spend 12 hours on there and maybe land a bunch of outsource school clients Maybe, but for me, like, what's the long-term play there? At some point, I'm not going to be able to spend my time uh, on Clubhouse. So for me, I'm much more focused on what's changing, evolving in, in terms of things that are long-term that allows me to create multiple businesses or run multiple businesses that don't 100% rely on my time yes. than the next fad or tactic that, that comes out. No, and I like that. You're, and especially your use of your resources that you're building up from the school to then be able to not only have the software, but then be able to take equity stakes in businesses going in, it allows you a diversification and, you know, kind of a really nice way of moving towards that not reliant upon your own efforts. Is there anything else you would like to share with the audience? Because I know I took a ton of notes and I'm going to be jumping into your school, signing up. As soon as we get off this, I look at my watch as if, you know, that's going to change. But is there anything else you would like the audience to know? Yeah, I mean, the key to business is hiring. People can talk about funnels. People can talk about the latest marketing yes. tactic. <laughs> if you can't hire, your business is only going to go so far. You have to be able to hire. The earlier you learn to hire, the easier everything else is going to be going forward. And so whether it's outdoor school or something else, you have to have those hiring systems in place. And when you're able to consistently make good hires anytime you want to, it just makes everything easier going forward. No, I, as someone who has learned the hard way, a really good hire can make things amazing, but a lame hire uh, is painful and <laughs> can wipe millions off of your ability to sell a company, um, as I've experienced myself. But yeah, no, thank you. And I really look forward to diving more into Outsource School um, and, you know, 
learning how to better hire for my company. So thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to working with you. So everyone, if you want to learn more about how to take your business to the next level and scale to eight figures or beyond eight figures, head over to the show notes to find the links to Nathan's websites and outsource school. Remember, I'm a member and I use it regularly. The community is great and their playbooks really, really do help in my running of my business. So please, full recommendation here. And while you're there checking out the show notes for Nathan, why not follow Beyond Eight Figures on social media too? It'll help us reach more of you amazing entrepreneurs and create a stronger community that we can all focus together on growing and creating the legacies that we'll be proud of. So thank you, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.